give you the praise and we give you the glory this morning. And we receive of you that strength, renewed strength. As we know when we wait upon you that our strength is renewed. Maybe it's spiritual strength or in our soul, emotions and mind or in our bodies physical strength, Lord. We receive that of you this morning, the touch of your spirit upon us this day. Jesus' name. together with the family of God and worship, worship together. Thank you for your presence here with us, Lord, the knowing of your presence. We know that you're always with us, but there are times when we know your presence or sense it in special ways. We thank you for those times. We thank you for those times. Hallelujah. Well, let's let's um, release the children to their classes and we'll greet each other and Thank you, Kent and Chantel. We're going to have them back on December 18. We're going to have a Christmas concert with Kent and Chantel and group. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. All right. I think I think I'm convinced you you purposely you know you know oh we we need we need to ignore ignore him when he says it the first time because he has to say it the second time right. That's all right. So this morning, a few announcements for us. Um, we have our uh, regularly scheduled uh, weekly programming here. Uh, today, after the meal, uh, we have a, or after the service, we have a wonderful meal prepared by uh, Scott and Carla. So stay for that. Uh, it should be wonderful. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, we have the touch point at 9 a.m. And of course, at 6, we have a youth group. We have kids meeting here. Uh, lots of good stuff uh, every week. Um, some upcoming events here, and I think they'll be up on the screen. Uh, we have our Thanksgiving service on the 20th, uh, communion on the 27th, of course. On December, uh, Sunday, December 4th, we have Pastor Larry Dorman coming, um, our, who is our Truebridge overseer. He'll be speaking that morning. On the 11th, we have our Christmas story, and on the 18th, we have uh, the Dudleys back again. To worship with us and do our service, which is wonderful. Uh, one more, another announcement that's been up here for a few weeks now is, of course, that the uh, we're asking the ladies to join us for a baby shower to bless uh, Linnea and myself, as we're having a little bundle of joy coming on the way, which we're very excited about, and that'll be on December 18th, right after the service in the fellowship hall. Uh, all right, and they're asking. I guess I should probably know these things. Uh, it says, please RSB by December 11th to Angie Modry on the Facebook invite. 
you'd like to be added to that, please contact Angie or Linnea. Uh, we also have a gift registry at Target. We're updating it after our gender reveal on November 20th. All right. Um, there's also a note on weather-related stuff, and you can go to the website to uh, find those things out when if there's ever a weather-related uh, announcement that we need to make. All right. So we have our tithing boxes on the back, um, just so we know for our giving. Uh, this morning, uh, I've been thinking about a particular story that's been in my head, and thought I would just tell it. That's all right. Is that all right if I tell a story? All right. So once upon a time, uh, there were two rich men. And these two rich men, they were brothers. And the first brother's name was Possessor. And the other brother's name was Vapor. Possessor and Vapor. And Possessor and Vapor were rich men. And they one day knew that they had to go before the Lord to bring their offerings from their riches and all the good things that they had. They brought an offering to the Lord, each of them, and each of them brought just a small portion of what they had, uh, and both of them brought a very equal portion, and they brought it before the Lord. Now, Possessor, he came before the Lord, and he said to the Lord, here is my portion. I have many riches, as you know, and so here is a small part of those riches, and I give that to you. But Vapor, he brought his portion, just the same as his brother Possessor did. And Vapor, he set his offering before the Lord, and he said, God, what are all these riches in this world? What good did they do for me? I have so many, but they are so often gone in an instant. What are they compared to your goodness and your wonder? There is nothing that I can have in this world that is in comparison to what you could give me. So God, even though I have given you just a small portion today, I declare to you that all that I have, all my riches are actually yours. They are gifts from you. And so I lay myself before you and say that it is all yours. And so God looked between these two offerings and he smiled with favor on the offering of vapor. Even though they were the same, he saw God is a God who looks at the hearts of people. And he saw that the offering of vapor was an offering of his whole self. It was full surrender of all that he had. But now Possessor, he saw that his brother was being blessed and that he was not receiving the blessing himself. And his heart was full of hate and anger. And so God came to Possessor and he said, why are you angry? Why is your heart so full of hate? Your brother has done nothing. Your brother has done nothing to you. What you need to do is to look into your heart and to see that if you do what is right, if you lay down yourself before me and see yourself in terms of how I see you, I know that you can receive the same blessing. I am a God who has more than enough to give when it comes to blessing and favor. And I assure you that if you do what is right, you will receive that blessing. But I also assure you that you have a choice in this matter. If you don't, if you don't do what is right, if you choose to follow that hate, you will no longer be a possessor of anything. Instead, you will be possessed yourself. You will be enslaved and chained to that hate and that anger. And so possessor went away and he decided to make his choice. He chose not to believe his God. He didn't trust God very much. And he said to himself, you know what? 
I am a man who has possessed much. I have taken much, and I think I can take this as well. And so he took his brother out to a secret place, and he took his life, murdered him in cold blood, and said, there, now I have all that my brother once had. And God saw what his what possessor had done to his brother Vapor, and he said, what is this that you have done? What do you think you've accomplished here? I assure you today that in just as much as you have taken all that was your brother's, you have taken his very life, so too will your life be taken. Everything that you own, all your riches and your wonder and your splendor, will vanish into thin air. And Possessor ran back to his home, and sure enough, all that he had, all his riches, all his power, all his glory, had vanished. Like vapor, like smoke, into thin air. And isn't it just so with all men and women on this earth, that when we try to take, when we try to possess and keep and hold so tightly, that it is in that same moment that when we're not trusting our good God, when we don't believe when he says that I am enough, I have enough, I am the provider, when we don't trust him, it is in that same moment we lose all that we have, just like a vapor, just like smoke. And so, Father, I lift us up all today, this congregation, this people. We live in a world that is so concerned with control, with keeping, with making sure that I have, that I receive, that I can keep what little I can get in terms of pleasure, in terms of wealth, in terms of anything that is good. But Jesus, we know that you are the great provider, that you have more than enough. So we bring ourselves to you today. We were singing over and over again. You were worthy of it all, all our strength, all our heart, everything we give and lay before you this Sunday morning. At least that's what we sang. But we pray that that would be the truth in our hearts, that we would lay ourselves before you, full surrender. And in that place, we would know your blessing, we would know your goodness, that we wouldn't be people who hold on to things, but instead would let them go into your hands, because that is the only place that they will be solid, sufficient, and real, because all the things this earth truly are just like a wind or a vapor compared to you. So in your name, Jesus, we thank you for your provision. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning again, everyone. I want to read one scripture and then we're going to watch a music video quickly. But I want to go to Matthew chapter 25. Very familiar parable. I think I'm going to read it out of the King James if you want to put that one up first. Beginning in verse 14. Jesus was speaking, he said, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his, his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his individual ability. And straightway he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. And also he that had received two 
he also gained other two. But he that received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought another five, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained the other two other talents besides them. And again, the Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he that had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not strewed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there you have what is yours. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I had not strewn. You ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at thy coming I would have received mine own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And he cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I was afraid and I hid. That's what I want to share with you this morning. Could we see that video, please?
was Doug and Rod. That brings back memories, doesn't it? When we were privileged to go into the Bismarck and Jamestown Penitentiary, I mean, that is exactly what it looks like. You're right on the floor. The inmates are right there. And um, there's no fancy stage or bright lights. There's just a cement gymnasium. And it was interesting as we went in to that prison, and I've shared that, and that's not what I really wanted to talk about today, but um, as we started playing, I looked around and I thought, where's the guards with the guns on? And where's, you know, obviously they must be hiding nothing. No, there's no weapons in the room. You're facing guys that are serving life sentences for murder. And we found out that day 20 guys, Pastor Steve, who were serving a life sentence came forward and gave their heart to Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's their life. That's where they are. They came. There were 70 altogether. 20 of them were life servers. And for just a moment, I remember that fear coming over me. Because if there's a problem in the gymnasium, all they do is lock it down. And they contain the problem. And we would have been there in the midst of it. So fear tries to grip your heart. It tries to come and overtake us. And I remember that day, maybe because I didn't know any better, I just said, oh, Lord, I guess this is all up to you now. Not that it wasn't prior to me saying that. But that's what fear will do. It could have stopped me. It could have crippled me right there. But we were able to overcome. I was reading that scripture yesterday from Matthew. And the servant that was wicked said, I was afraid. And it goes on to say, I hid the talent. But I just wanted to, yesterday it was just like God stopped me. When I read, I was afraid and I hid. For the last several months, when I've come here on Sundays, I've been hiding. I've been hiding behind my guitar. There's a force field there that you can't touch me when I have my guitar on. And it's very real. And I felt like today was the day that the Lord just said, it's time to put down your guitar and step out on the platform. What my wife and I have walked through, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but what happened to me is I experienced fear really for the first time in my life. Fear that was crippling. Fear that caused me to hide and run away. I was going to stop before I got going too far and ask you, and this is an interactive part, what are some things you're afraid of? Somebody, what are you afraid of? Heights? I am too now that I fell off the roof two years ago. Those are real fears. What, somebody else, what are you afraid of? Fear of men? What do you fear of them? 
judgment. So if you were to come up here and maybe say something, you might be afraid of what they would think. Who does that Andrew think he is? <sighs> he should have prepared better. Rejection. Anybody afraid of rejection? Yeah. Nobody likes to be rejected. Isaiah said he was despised and rejected of man. Talking about Jesus. He knows rejection to the fullest extent. What else are you afraid of today? Failure. Thank you. We don't want to fail. It's easy to hear triumphant stories about others. I remember reading about Thomas Edison. He failed when he was trying to make the incandescent light bulb. I think it was like almost 2,000 times. But his take on it wasn't that I failed. He said, I didn't fail. I just found 2,000 ways that didn't work. So I was just narrowing it down to get to the point of success. But fear will cause you to do what? Say it. Hide. Fear will cause you to not speak, to not step out. Fear will cause you to literally bury yourself in the ground. Because guess what? You are the treasure. You are the possessor of the Holy Spirit. And so when we take that gift, which is within us, and we just bury ourselves, what we're really saying is, God, you're not big enough to help me overcome fear of man, rejection, failure. How about anybody here afraid to succeed? Think about it. Because once you succeed, now you have expectations placed upon you. I would rather keep the bar low. Huh? Think about it. I would rather keep the bar low so nobody expects much of me. But if I succeed, then I can't stink again. I got to do well the next time, right? What else? Something else you're afraid of? The dark. We were talking with somebody just about that the other day. Why is it that darkness carries fear? I had, I was living in a little mobile home 40 years ago, and my brother-in-law was a prankster. And it was pitch black. It was around Halloween time, you know. It was dark. I was sitting there watching TV and I had a window right next to the television I'm watching. And all of a sudden, a person's face is in the window with a flashlight underneath it. Have you ever done that? Do you know how horrific that looks? Whew, fear, bam, gripped me. But it was darkness. If he'd have done that in the daylight, there wouldn't be any fear. But that's a real fear, darkness. Not only natural, but spiritual darkness as well. 
My wife just uh, put on a conference. She was the promoter, and she did a great job at the Sanford Center. We had about 400 or more, 450 women that came. And the first night she spoke, she asked the ladies to write on a card what they were carrying around as an excuse. Because often we, we pull out our card that says, well, I don't have to do that, God, because I was abused. Oh, I don't have to do that, God, because I failed. I have my failure card. I don't have to do that because of fill in the blank. Whatever the card says, but we carry them around. We're card-carrying members very often. And I'm at a women's conference, so fortunately I didn't have to listen to anything that was said. <laughs> That's not true. That's just a joke. <laughs> but all of the sudden, I felt the hand of God on my heart saying, it's time you get rid of your card. I didn't want to get rid of my card. Because my card keeps me behind my guitar. My card keeps me from having to love too deep. My card keeps me from having to get hurt again. Or so I think. Because fear is a what? It will steal your rest. Take your happiness. I've had enough rest and happiness stolen from me in the last few years to fill up a lifetime. And it makes you tired when you're carrying fear. And I pulled my card out, and that's what it said, fear. I think I was kind of proud that I never had dealt with fear before, never was bothered so much with fear. I, I trusted God, and all of a sudden there was on my card was the word doubt as well. Fear and doubt. That because of my hurt, I was a privileged Christian who now was a card-carrying member of the fear family. And I didn't have to listen to God when he tapped me because, nah, I have fear. And I've earned this fear. I was thinking of Peter up here earlier and keep me on track. Tell me where I left. I remember coming up here to the church, boy, were we just married or maybe only dating, but they put on a music theater back in the 50s, rock and roll something. And those two just lit up the room. And I just thought, man, that's a gift. I mean, they were actors and actresses, and they made us laugh, but he wasn't afraid. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> you need a little sweat in your palms. That's okay. That's not necessarily fear. That's just uh, lubricant or something. The, the Holy Ghost ointment that keeps you humble a little bit. Because you don't want to step up here 
and not have reverence or honor for what you're doing, no matter where you are, no matter where you're walking, no matter what men you're standing before. But to be afraid is different. And I've toted around that card for quite a while. And you know, it keeps me from loving my wife the way I need to. I'm still a pretty good egg towards you, aren't I? Maybe a six, 5.5. But I want to look at, um, I think I want to go to that last scripture. The, I want to make sure it's the right one. I think it's the one in 1 John chapter 4. Do you have that one? 1 John four fifteen through 20. It says that whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in God dwells in love and God in him. So there's this love communion that can only come this way and out. Therein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. We don't have to fear judgment when we're walking in the love of God. It takes away judgment. That wrath, that feeling of wondering, am I good enough? Am I, am I forgiven? Am I accepted? Fear is the author of all of those thoughts that keep coming back to us and keep telling us you're not enough. I like how Zach Williams saying that it comes and tells you you're not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not pretty enough. If you just looked like this or if you just acted like this or if you could just speak like that, then you would be good enough. But fear is what is always trying to put us out and to stop us from being the best husbands, the best dads, the best friends, the best servant that we can be. Say that with me, the first line. There is no fear in love. So all of a sudden, now I'm holding my fear card becomes a little personal. Now God went from convicting me, now he's meddling. Now he's messing with me. Because now he's telling me, I really can't love when I got this card in my hand. And you know, he's right. He's like that. He like, he's right. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. so I didn't, the women had baskets up on the stage. Chantel had baskets on either end of the stage. And ladies were coming up and putting in their cards. Because you know what, ladies, you might have a card that says, well, I don't have to do this because my husband's a jerk. Anybody have that card? 
They won't, they won't admit it today. They're winking at each other, but, they, but I, I don't have to be obedient because my husband's an idiot. Does that really give us a card? Or God, I, I don't have to walk with you. My wife is rude. My wife doesn't care. So I have my card that says, you know, I'm excused from obedience. What do we take back home and pull out our card? How many of you men have, you don't have to put your hand up, how many of you have anger cards? And you pull, up, pull out your anger card to shut your wife or kids up because they're making you mad. And you're angry because your old man was not nice to you or you're angry because you lost your job or you're angry because fill in the blank. But we have the card. So the next morning, I led worship at the conference and then I went behind the stage and two of our good friends, Aisha Woods and her husband, Joseph, who were ministering there as well. We're standing and we started talking and I said, guys, I got to get rid of this card. It's killing me. I can't love like I should. I can't trust God. I'm angry at him. And it's all because fear is what? A liar. It'll steal your breath. Take your joy away. Last uh, Christmas, a couple of my older kids talked to Chantel. And they said, when are we going to get our dad back? I bet you wondered if you'd get me back as a friend. <laughs> that really hurts because I love my family. But there's a block there. I had my card. So I didn't have to get so close to them, and I didn't have to talk about the deep things that we go through in life. But I could hold my card. So Joe, he's a great big black dude. He's not as tall as Jill, but he's wider. He must be 6'2", though. He's a big boy. He put his big old arms around me. <laughs> and I could tell he wasn't going to let go until there was victory or I died, one or the other. <laughs> so I figured I might as well release this and get rid of it or he's going to kill me. <laughs> In love, that's right. But he just held me and prayed 
and he just loved me with the Father's love. He's young enough to be my son. I think, maybe not quite, but close. And I felt like I just took the card and said, it's funny, a card doesn't weigh much, but the chains that keep that card tethered to your arms are heavy and tethered to your heart are heavy. I feel like I see the sunrise again. I think I even saw the beauty in snow. That, that could come and go during the winter. I see my wife through new eyes, my kids. I want to trust God. I want to have the love that is not tormented, that casts out fear, that squashes it and gets rid of it. Second Timothy 1.7. I bet they love it when I go back and forth on the, in the scriptures. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. And you probably know it. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. As I read through scriptures, I always see the opposites in everything. I remember sharing with someone a few years ago, Philippians 4 talks about, don't worry about anything. And he was a worry wart. I said, do you know what the opposite of worry is? He goes, no. I said, the opposite of worry in the word of God is prayer. Because Paul said, don't worry about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. What worry is saying is, I can deal with this. I got it. No problem. What fear does is say, I got this. No problem. What anger is, is this is mine. I got this. No problem. But we don't have it. And it is a problem. Because the opposite of fear here that Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. So then he goes on to say, but. Whenever there's a but, you better look at the, it's like on the opposite side of the scale. But he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. Clear thinking, clear conviction, clear hope, clear peace. And all of a sudden, when I threw the fear card now, I feel like I have hope again. I feel like something is up in me again that says, I can dare to dream again. I can dare to trust God again. I can dare to trust him with my wife and my kids. Because the bottom line is, we really don't control anything that we think we control anyway, do we? And so we might as well get the control card out too. 
and the manipulation card and put them with the anger and the fear and the jealous card. We might as well just start enjoying this love that is not full of torment, this love that carries us through. I've told my wife many times, and I've, I tell her often that she's my hero. Most of you know her testimony and her story of abuse and neglect and pain and, and rejection and betrayal, and it goes on and on and on. And it's amazing, though, because she's really nice. Seriously. Sometimes I'll, she'll catch me. I'm just watching you. She'll be in the kitchen. She'll look at me and smile and say, you're just my hero. And I asked her if she would come and share just a little of what she went through with fear in her life. got the mic now. Well, I shared, you guys have heard my testimony, but um, Susie Larson had shared hers, and she had been, um, and I've heard it a few times, having her at the conferences, but real young child walking through a park and noticing some boys in the park, and next thing you know, she's a victim of beating um, by those boys. They, they beat her really bad. And she felt Satan say, I'll never let you go. I'll get you anytime, anywhere. And she struggled with fear her whole life. And I thought, wow. Now, I didn't hear Satan tell me, I'll never let you go. But as a young child, I heard, I will kill you from my brother. And he tried three times, and he was unsuccessful, obviously. But he said, I will find you, and I will kill you. And it was interesting because even after, you know, he went away to jail and, and we moved out of state, there was a seed of fear in me. And I ended up even at, well, when we started dating, it was still really bad, but I'd be driving down the road, and if a car follows me for more than two turns, I was racing down alleyways, running behind buildings with my vehicle, hiding, making sure that maybe it wasn't him coming to get me. And I lived that way my whole life up until I was 28, 29 years old. So I wifed from that pain and that, that fear. I mothered from that fear. I friend from that fear. Everything for me was rooted in fear. So all of the decisions that I made, all of the unhealthy choices that I made, for me, they started in fear. And it was very difficult for me to let that go until I faced my brother and told him, I forgive you. 
I will not live my life in fear again. And over the years with the loss of our kids, that has creeped up on me once in a while. And in fact, to the point where I made a decision that I felt like was wrong in letting one of our little girls go because I knew that she had a shortened life expectancy and I didn't want to go through death again. And so she's living in a different home and I've regretted that decision every day since I made it. But every time something comes up in me where I can fear that fear seeping in there and then just starting to grip, grip its ugly hands on my life and my mind and my heart, I am reminded perfect love casts out all fear. We cannot be our best selves. We cannot be what we need to be for our neighbors and our children and our grandchildren or our workplace when we allow fear to rule the decisions and the choices that we make. And so that's just a little snippet of, of what I shared um, at the conference that day. And I just felt even in then and now just a new release of, I will not live there. Satan does not get to decide my life. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy, and he'll just keep doing his stuff. But he does not get the final say in my life. She even mentioned, too, what did you do with your car? You hid. So fear is definitely wanting us to get in a place where we are bowed down. We can't be used. We're, we're crippled. I was afraid, and so I hid. Some of you have been hiding a long time. I know when God meddles with me, that gives me a license, a card to meddle with you. Just kidding. It's a good card. It's, a, it's in this pocket. I don't want to be fearful anymore. That's no guarantee that the rest of my life here is going to be a rose garden. Because every rose has a thorn, right? About that. And we're going to have some thorns. That's called life. We live in a fallen world. And let's be real, sometimes it just, it sucks. You know? It really does. But my mom used to always tell me, two wrongs never make a right. And if we have been wronged, to be wrong again does not make us right. It makes us fearful, and it makes us hide. And so today, let's just pray together, you know? Some of you want to come up, we'll pray. Pastor Steve, would you come up here? And we'll just, um, just want it to be very real with you, just to let it, let them go, whatever those cards are. And sometimes we carry secondary cards that are rooted in a deeper hurt. We have byproducts. Well, you might say, well, I don't have fear. But maybe... 
deep down, that parable shows us a real root system. I was afraid, so I hid. I don't like the response that the master gave to him. It almost sounds hard, doesn't it? After saying, well done, good and faithful servant to the first two, come on in and enjoy those things that prepared, prepared for you. All of a sudden he goes, you wicked and lazy servant. At the very least, he said, you should have put it in the bank and drew some interest. Today, if we've been hiding our talent, let's just come before God and repent and just say, I'm sorry. And let's start being reproducers of the things of God. Amen. I've, I'm going to have you lead us in prayer in just a minute. Thank you so much. The anointing of God is on you, both of you, and your back. In fact, in a new place, the scripture that came to me was that one, I think it's, it's either first or second Corinthians 1, probably 2 Corinthians 1 there about how the God is our comforter, and, you know, he brings that comfort and releases the fear, and uh, he does this in order that we may be able to comfort others, and that's what God is doing through you. You've been through things in your life, and you've made a decision that you're not going to hide. You made a decision, a not easy one be a lot easier in a lot of ways just to hide my thought is there's nobody here that doesn't deal with some kind of fear of some kind rather than asking is there anyone here that has fear that you'd like to have prayer for release from I think it's more a thing is there anybody that doesn't Would you like to stand up if you don't? <laughs> we won't make you do that. We won't make you do that. We'll pray for their lying. <laughs> pray. But what I'd like to have you do is let's all stand up together. And uh, why don't you come up and just stand. we got a lot of space. Just come on up here. Come on up. You don't have to be afraid. Just come on up here. If you stay back, then we'll pray that you're unafraid to come up to the front, right? <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> this is kind of a funny thing that happened to us. We were riding horse out in Medora, and my wife, she likes to talk. She's a good talker. She's skilled. She's talented at talking. And Two times, one time she was running up a mountain and the people in front of her would say, turn right. Every horse that went out, because there was a big washout up there. And I mean, we're talking about straight down 300 feet here and straight up over here and you're on a little buffalo trail 
about three feet wide. And it was so steep we had to gallop our horses up, and then the, the rider up there would say, turn right. I was behind her, and guess what gripped her? Fear. And so she turned right, and I went off into the washout with my horse because I was behind her, and she couldn't speak. She couldn't speak. Fear had gripped her heart so much, and she knew. Were you after the life insurance or what? <laughs> she knew I was coming right behind her at a full gallop, and that if I didn't turn right, I was going to exit stage left. And I, no, you didn't see that. You were just afraid. But it was so real, it, she could not speak. And later that day, we were going down one of those places. And it was kind of cool, because she couldn't speak then either. <laughs> but that's what fear will do. It will stop us from speaking. It'll stop us from saying, I love you. I'm proud of you. It'll stop us from affirming our children, our grandkids, our pastor, his wife. Fear will stop us from being kind, caring. You know, pride is closely connected with fear, too, because... We're afraid someone said fear of failure. You know, we're that pride is like it connects in there with the fear. And uh, that pride card. Uh, so we're releasing those things, whatever cards it is that we need to this morning. And I'd like to ask you. One or both of you to just pray for all of us this morning. And this includes those online. We know there's a number of you online, too. Well, you're part of this, too. Maybe in your home you can just stand up or something. You know, as an act, sometimes there's an act of decision. You know, that decision is connected with an action. Because that's what it comes back to is a decision. That's a decision you made. You made a decision to do this this way this morning. I didn't want to. No. But you did. You made a decision. And that's what we need to do. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. Let's... Thank you, Lord. Father, we agree together that fear is a liar. Let's say that out loud together. Fear is a liar. And we ask right now, Lord, that we would take out the card and lay it down before you. Even as Peter talked about bringing that offering before you from possessor and vapor. God, we lay down fear and anger, jealousy, pride, doubt, hatred, unforgiveness. The list is endless of the things that we can carry. But there's one thing, one thing 
that dispels them all, and that's your love. Because perfect love casts out fear. And God, now that we've laid down these cards in a demonstration, we now want to pick up the love that you have for us and just let it, let it flow. First back to you and then to each other. We thank you, Father. I thank you for our family here at Ten Strike. Strengthen them. And may we all march forward with no fear, no doubt, no anger, no rage, no sexual addictions, no bondages of any kind. May we stand boldly and say fear is a liar. But I will not be tormented by it anymore. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you guys. Let's say it one more time. Fear is a liar. Fear, fear is, a, is liar. a liar. And I will not be ruled by fear. I will not, not be, be ruled, ruled by, by fear. fear. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we'll go fellowship and have a meal together. If anyone would like more prayer, just come forward. We'll be here to pray with you. God bless.